Welcome to spring. Woo! Beautiful. Um, finally, winter is over. One of the exciting things that we get to do around springtime, or we use spring, is what we call the spring sewing project. And I want to introduce the spring sewing project to you as well as preach and just sort of put them together. Our spring sewing project is a time in our church where we just take a specific period to sow seeds into the church, specifically, okay? So it's not about doing mission work. It's not about doing community service. It's about looking at the needs of, uh, of the church and saying, you know, we want to invest there. We want to sow into those areas. Um, we started this project three years ago. Uh, in 2016, uh, we started with a new computer. We said, this is our project this year. We're gonna, we, we need to buy a new computer. And uh, that year, we raised um, just over $1,000, uh, which was a good start. It was a little bit under budget, I think. Um, but we still use the computer now. It's being used very well. So thank you so much for those that donated two years ago. Last year, uh, we, our, our project was a little bit bigger, <laughs> as you can see. Um, our project was to um, go towards the hiring of our new associate pastor. And, 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 and we raised, the goal was $10,000. And we actually raised $10,750 last year. And that covered half of um, Pastor May's salary. And our denomination came alongside and they said, well, we'll give you the other half. And, and so Pastor May has been fully paid for um, for the next 12 months, which is great. She's working very hard at the moment. She's downstairs with our kids, uh, feeding them chocolate. Uh, I don't know how to think. I don't know how I feel about that, but, you know, it's okay. This year, now, every year we always talk about, I guess, a financial investment. And usually it is. Usually spring sowing is a financial project because people... You know, they get a bit sort of nervous when we start talking about giving, when we start talking about money at church. And, and this was our way of uh, teaching upon money and also encouraging generosity um, in giving. But something that we realized this year as we were preparing for our spring sewing project was, number one, financially there wasn't anything urgent, uh, anything sort of immediate that, we, that as we prayed or as I prayed that that came up. Last year, it was very obvious, the project and, and even the amount, and, you know, it was very God-driven. And, and this year, as we prayed about it, there was nothing sort of specific that we said, well, we need to raise some finances for this. We need to sow into this. And so we didn't want to do a, a financial giving project just for the sake of giving. You know, like, pastor needs a new car. Well, pastor does need a new car, but, you know, that's not, you know, that might be next year's project. I don't know. But something that we're... we're, we're we're really wanting to look at over this next month in our spring sewing project is around this word generosity, okay? Generosity. And one of the things that we realize is that generosity is not necessarily only a financial component. When we talk about generosity, it's not just about being generous with your finances, but actually generosity goes across all areas of our lives, 
And so what we realized was this spring sowing project, as we sow into our community, the needs of our community, it was, it's not just a financial need. We, we, it's not that. It's looking at the needs and, and where can we sow some generosity? Where can we sow seeds into our community? Our church has gone through some great changes in the last 18 months. Uh, the babies and the families are one key example of this. 18 months ago, we, we didn't have any, we had our, our three kids and, and Jetty, you know, Jetty, what would we do without Jetty? Um, you know, our church 18 months ago was a very different place. And God has really changed our church by bringing about new, 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 just amazing things like our children and, and marriage and, and families. And, but one of the things that we noticed as our church changed was that when we were a smaller church, it was easier to know each other. It was easier to know each other's names. It was easier to invest into each other. One of the other changes was everyone got older and started working. And suddenly, we, we're not a university student church. Suddenly, we, we have all these workers that have jobs, and we don't have the time and the luxury to invest into each other. And so this year, our spring sewing project is all about time. We're asking you this year, in the month of September, to be generous with your time. Now, some people say, and I've heard this before, that they'd love to sow into the church, they'd love to invest into the church, but, you know, they're a university student and, you know, they don't have any money. But the beauty about time is it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're working or you're a parent. It doesn't matter, you know, where you live. Every single person has the same amount of time. The question we're asking is, how do you use your time? During September, we're asking you, ask yourself, how can I invest into this community, into this church with my time? At the back of the hall, you'll see we're going to have a big whiteboard, and it's there already, of a whole bunch of suggestions of what you can do to invest uh, and sow seeds into this community through your time. Some of the examples are like, have a meal with someone that you might have never had a meal with. Make time and have a coffee with someone that you see every Sunday, but you've never had a conversation with them outside. Maybe you want to serve the families and say, hey, I'd love to babysit your kids for two hours on a Saturday afternoon so that you and your spouse can go on a date. And I would say, thank you very much. Who wants to go this week? I'm ready. I'm, you know, I'd love to invest into this community by serving at the barbecue this Saturday. <laughs> okay? There are so many ways. I'd love to serve this community, invest into this community by taking one hour a week to pray for the church, to use your time to sow in 
to this community. They said every week there will be ideas. Uh, we want you guys to be proactive in this as well. Uh, there's whiteboard markers there. If you have an idea, feel free to write that up. Let that inspire people. On the last week of this um, month, um, we're going to be preaching through uh, four weeks, and then on the last week, we're actually going to be having a, a time of testimony. And people are going to come and share how uh, people were generous with their time, whether they, they, they had the opportunity to be generous or whether they were a recipient of that generosity and how that changed. And so I'm really looking forward to uh, listening to those testimonies. How can you be generous with your time? Now, let's start with the definition. Generosity. We all kind of, the word generosity gets thrown around. But, but these are some of the definitions that I found online. Generous people, generous, generous people are the ones who give more than is expected of them. To be generous is showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. And generosity always intends to enhance the true well-being to those to whom it gives. The whole project this year, uh, I didn't get this passed by the board, but I've got the microphone. It's called more than expected because that's what generosity is, more than expected. See, that's the commonality across all of these definitions. Generosity is simple as this. You ask for one apple, and they give you two. That's generosity. Why? Because you're expecting one apple, and you get more than you expected. Someone says, hey, let's meet for a coffee. That's okay. And they take you out for lunch as well. Generosity, more than expected. Hey, I'm going to hang out with you for 30 minutes. And they hang out with you for the whole afternoon. That's a bit needy, but also generosity as well. That's what generosity is. It's not limited to just our finances. It could be our time, it could be our affections, it could be our support, it could be our worship. Let me ask you a question. How many times do we go to God and give to God just exactly what we need to give to God? What does that mean for us? It means that we don't, we're not generous. You know, one of the worst is when you meet up with someone for a coffee and they keep looking at their phone or they keep looking at their time, you know, like because they've got something after. It's like, oh, hey, I've got to go in. It's not generous. It's not generous. Being generous is all about the extra, the extra step, the extra mile. Now, one of the greatest examples of generosity are our parents. Well, parents, I'm a parent. Parents, and especially fathers, because today's Father's Day, and I'll talk about generous mothers on Mother's Day. But today's Father's Day. Focus. 
has said, I know Father's Day is a bit of a mixed bag. Some people, for Father's Day, it's a great celebration. And for some people, it's actually a day of, 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 of a lot of sadness. And, you know, the two new dads, uh, Kun and Arun, and I want to use them as an example. Uh, they are both very generous fathers. Very generous. Now, uh, people are like, who's Kun? Daniel, I have to use his official's name because his parents are here. Daniel, uh, Daniel is an optometrist. Who's Daniel? Daniel's Kun. Jenny, Jenny's wife. Jenny's husband. Um, <laughs> wife, okay, my bad. Fr- slip, slip. Maybe we need to have a chat with that family a bit later. Jenny's husband. He's an optometrist and he's in retail. So he works Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday. And he has Wednesdays off, right? Now, you might think, oh, I'm working five days. I'm tired. Everyone's tired working five days. I've got Wednesdays off, you know? Put you know, put Nicholas into daycare and I'll have the day off. But do you know what Daniel does? Daniel, they don't put Nicholas, Daniel spends the whole day with Nicholas, right? Now, you might think to yourself, well, that's normal. No, that's not normal. What normal would be is that Nicholas just goes to daycare and Daniel has a day off so that Daniel can, you know, go and, you know, do things that Daniel wants to do. Like chase Pokemon. <laughs> Or fly drones, or you know, do all the amazing things that he does. But he chooses to spend it with Nick. That's Daniel being generous with his time. Arun works a hard job. He's a manager somewhere in the city with photocopiers. That's all I know. <laughs> but he works 50, sometimes 60 hour weeks. Sometimes he turns up to life group and he just goes straight to sleep on the couch after eating. You know, you know he's just tired. But then on the weekend when he's got no work and sometimes, you know, when Sinta's sleeping and, and Ezekiel's sleeping, he checks his phone and he goes, oh, Uber. And he goes and drives Uber for a few hours. Does, does he need to? No. But he chooses to. I think healthy dads are generous. You know, I've talked about my dad a lot. I'm glad he's not here today. But, you know, my my dad is typical migrant first generation, you know, wasn't there when I was growing up, but put a roof over my head. And I always thought, you know, I always complained when I was a kid, like, you know, like, where are you? Like, all the other dads are, you know, going to sport with their kids and all the other dads are, you know, doing this and that. And, and in my young, immature, ungrateful mind, there were times where I would complain about my dad. And I look back now and I just, my dad was so generous. He, he, he did anything and everything that he could to be the dad that, that his children deserved. The funny thing about generosity is we're not born with generous hearts. Have you ever noticed that? Anyone who has kids would know that. No kid, their first word would be like, let's share. <laughs> you want to turn? One of the first words that kids learn is what? Mine. 
mine. Like, they don't, they don't even know how to say what it is, but they're mine. I'm not going to say who it is, but there's a kid in our church, and her first word is like, mine. And, uh, and I'm not going to put her on the spot, but it's a girl, and there's only one girl, so it's easy to work out, right? Like, kids teach us our humanity. We are so selfish. Our children are selfish. And, and you know what? As we get older, it's not that we become more generous. We actually become better at masking our selfishness. We are not born generous. It's something that we have to learn and something that, that we need to absorb. You know, when you're a kid, you just say mine and it's fine, no dramas. When you get older, we just become better at giving excuses. I can't be generous with my finances because I've got a mortgage. I can't be generous with my time. You know how busy I am at work? I can't be generous with my skills and my talents because, like, what do I get out of it? Our selfish nature, our self-centered nature did not disappear as we grew up. It's still there. Generosity actually goes against who we are. The question that I want to answer tonight is why should we be generous? Why should we be generous in our lives? Why not just do what is expected? Nothing more, nothing less. And the answer is this. We are called to be generous because our God is generous. Have you ever realized that our God is very, very generous? God didn't need to create us, but he did. More than expected. God didn't need to clothe us. He didn't need to feed us, but he does. More than expected. God didn't need to bless us with this amazing planet that we live in, within this amazing country that we live in? Have you ever realized, like, like, we're so blessed to live where we live? Like, you just watch the news and you just think of, wow, if I was living in a different part of the world. God didn't need to bless us with amazing scenery, whether you're a mountain person or whether you're a beach person. God blesses us more than expected. Our God is the example of what a generous father is all about. And I just want to quickly share a passage with you. It comes from Matthew 7, 7 to 12. And it says this. Jesus is teaching to his disciples. And he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. That is generosity. Ask, and it will be given to you. Wow. Ask, and it will just be given? No questions asked? No conditions? Seek, and you will find. I don't need to work my way to you. I don't need to uh, become a morally uh, good person. Knock, 
and the door will be open. God did not need to give us these verses. He didn't need to be generous, but he chooses. God could have created us, left us in here, Fortnite style, just kind of throw us into there and everyone kind of fight it out. You know, just kind of live your life and work it out. But he doesn't choose to do that. He chooses to continue to engage in our lives. See, I think that's what a generous father is all about. You know, I, I have three kids. I go to work. I feed them, put a roof over their head. I have done my duty. I have done what I need to do as a father for my children. Nothing more, nothing less. That's it. But I choose to be a part of their life. I choose to go to their school performance days for four hours. Luckily, they didn't have recorder this year. I choose to pick them up and drop them off when they can just walk home. I choose to spend time with them after coming home from work. But the reason I choose generosity is not because I am good or because I am a good father or anything like that. It's because God, my father, chose to be generous to me. I am the recipient. We are all recipients of generosity first and foremost. And God says, hey, ask and I'll give. Seek and you'll find. Knock and I'll answer. God takes the extra step and he says, you can come to me and I'll be here for you. Verse 9, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? For in everything do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. What an amazing verse. If we are so generous, and you know what? Every dad in this room, I would say, is a generous dad, has sacrificed things and themselves for their children. You don't have to tell me your story. I already know. But we do it and we're evil. We're wicked. How much more our heavenly Father, our heavenly Father, our perfect Father. You know, I would love to give all three of my children a trust that has, you know, a $2 million property in Pimble. When you guys turn 25, when you get married, you know, Merry Christmas. I'd love to provide for them. Wouldn't you as a parent? You know, that's what we want to do, right? That's why our parents migrated from overseas, to give our children the future that they didn't have. You know? But I can't because I don't have six million needing eight million dollars in my bank account. But here's the beauty. Our God, He's really rich. I don't ever knew I don't know if you ever thought about this like this. And this isn't like I'm not going off like, you know, if you pray, God will give you the house. And if you don't get the house, then you didn't pray hard enough. Okay, I'm not going down that path. 
But the difference between our heavenly father and our earthly fathers is we try our best, but we're limited. We're limited in our weaknesses. We're limited in our resources. And we're limited in our time. But our God is unlimited. What you can receive from God is so much more from what you can receive from your earthly father. His generosity goes beyond what we can even imagine. We know God is generous because the greatest act of his generosity was given to us in our greatest need. When he saw his earthly children deep in their sin, leading to death, what did God do? God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the penalty for you and I. We deserve to die Yet he gave that. He put that on his own son so that we could live. Romans 8 says it like this. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? He who did not even spare his own son How will he not be more gracious to us? This, my friends, is generosity. This is the beginning of generosity. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to be generous, just like our God. As I said, this month we're going to talk more about generosity. We're going to talk about how to be generous with your time, how to be generous with your talents, and how to be generous with your treasures. And I'm, not going, to, I'm going to say this from the beginning. Just because you do generous things doesn't make you a generous person. We need to ask God to change our hearts to create a generous heart inside of us. But tonight, before we go... I want us to just take a moment and sit back and realize before we do anything generous or go and think about what we're going to do this month, to realize and recognize once again that we are recipients of generosity first. We are recipients. Regardless of what your earthly father is like or was like, be reminded today that our heavenly father, that you have a heavenly father that was so generous that not only did he give you everything you needed, but he went the extra step and he went the extra mile to give you more than what you expected. This is the starting point of living a generous life. And I pray that as we journey over the next few weeks, I pray that God will create some generous hearts, that we know what it means to be generous, that as the Bible says, that it's better to give than receive. But it all starts from our Heavenly Father who loves you generously. Let's pray.